0: What if you just visualized that there's an auditor, a success auditor, put in the success tax and know you're gonna fail, know it's gonna go sideways, but it's worth it. No matter what you're doing, even if you hate it, realize it's temporary and be amazing at it. Don't think, I'm just going to schlub through this job and then my magic will come. You'll be screwed. You'll stay there because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Ooh. The most costly advice in the world is bad advice. It's your broke friend telling you how to get make money. It's your single friend telling you how to fix your relationship. Stop listening to all the crap. Stare at your destination like an obsession. Oh
1: my gosh. This is... <laughs>
0: Hard work had nothing to do with success. Hard work combined with the right skills gets you momentum. Welcome to the Dean Graziosi Show. All success starts right here.
1: There's so much you could teach us, but I want to just a little, um, because I want people to understand who you are, because um, everyone always sees the after. Yeah. There's this, you know, good looking, wealthy, successful guy, but the before is really interesting. And so you grew up in upstate New York, right? I did. Okay. Yep. Grew up in a wealthy family? Yeah, we are loaded. <laughs> <laughs> so tell, yeah. me, tell me a little bit, you know, the Reader's Digest, but a little yeah. bit about your upbringing.
0: Yeah, so the, the one thing I wanna say is, you don't have to have a really horrible childhood right. to be successful. Like sometimes I share it and I'm like, wow, I don't want people to think like, yeah. oh, the, the rags to riches story. Mm-hmm. But I think it's an inspiration because if you didn't start that low, at least you're starting on second base, Yeah. right? So so you don't have to have the tragic story to get there. but. I guess the simplest way is I just knew at a young age, and, and, and I want to get back to later that having this broad, uh, uh, this broad uh, audience and having the opportunity to affect 15 year old kids all the way to 80 year olds now yeah. with social media in a way that we never had. Because I remember, and this is a part I'll start with, I can remember being 15 years old and feeling different than everybody in my family. Mm-hmm. Like no one made money. My dad, I, 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 at a really early age, I equated that hard work had nothing to do with success. Hmm. My dad worked his ass off And he was broker than shit What did dad do? Cars Cars uh, yep. Collision shop. Collision yep. And he worked hard, got up early, paint under his nails, sick some days from painting and fumes. So I realized at a really young age that working hard had nothing to do with being successful. Hmm. And then I recognized people in my town that were wealthy. That's why I went into real estate. There was a couple guys, one's uh, uh, Joey Noto and Dominic Afuso. was two Italian guys <laughs> in my town. I, I grew up in a town in upstate New York. Everybody was Italian. I grew up, I thought, everybody was everybody Italian. Everybody in the world was, right? Yeah, so, uh, but I watched those guys and they just were a little different than everybody else. They Mm. seemed happier, they had more freedom, they were jovial, and I watched my dad work so hard, so I think something's triggered at a really young age, Mm. but I remember feeling alone in my thoughts. You know, I had Mm. an uncle that was... I had an uncle that was somewhat successful, lived in Connecticut, and he's like, you know, if you don't go to college, if you're not getting good grades, Dean, then I think you should start thinking that you'll probably be a mechanic like your dad, and you should get good at that craft. Whoa. It's like, and I remember thinking, like, deflated. So, I think being on social media, I'm getting so many, because like you said, I just started putting attention on social media the last eight months. I'm getting so many kids with that same feeling, but now they have an outlet. Yeah. But- just real quick my story i want to tell you the feeling so i could say i was broke i lived in yep. a trailer park all that stuff was yep. true i had dyslexia I, I didn't go past high school i barely got out of high school and mm-hmm. i knew i wasn't going to college but i realized at a young age that and, and somewhat being naive right before yeah. the world told you no so many times that yeah. i just I, I wanted to break out of watching my parents struggle watching all my family struggle mm-hmm. again It doesn't matter where you are, if the the, your surroundings feel complacent, if they feel okay, shit, if they feel good and you want amazing, you know you gotta break through. Mm. And I was just lucky enough to just stay persistent. Mm. I wasn't afraid to fail. I I I didn't doubt myself even though I didn't have the education, the money. But, but
1: you it, started to go down the road, didn't you? You ended up in the collision shop. With I did. Your dad, oh, right? I did. Like it ended up I being did. you and your dad's shop. Yeah. And there was, I mean, because a lot of the young people listen to this or middle-aged people, they've also, they're coming out of a setback or a letdown. And sometimes even those setbacks and letdowns are from people that love them or that they love. Absolutely. Right? So go to there if you don't yeah, mind. Just for no, I'd love to. So you're in the collision shop. You end up becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. Like let me ask you. Actually, I want to go back because I heard you say this before. You say hard work has nothing to do. Do you think that a guy like you? Because I, I understand what you mean when you yeah, say yeah. it, which is that these entrepreneurs are smarter. They find ways to get ROI, which I'm going right, to yeah. talk about in a minute. But I, I, also know about your work ethic. Oh no, so, I, so, I, so yeah. yeah. I,
0: the point I left out yeah. is hard work had nothing to do with success hard work combined with the right skills gotcha. gets you momentum okay. and like the way I think about it, and I, I didn't finish it yeah. thank you for looping back yeah. around is what I see most people do is when you're on like you're on a treadmill on number five yeah. and you're like screw this I want more out of life so you just put the treadmill to eight mm. so you're running twice as fast you're 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 exhausted you're sweating but you still haven't moved an inch mm. and and that's where what I love what you do and I love mm. being the business I am I never knew I'd be in this business is because we get to show capability so you can grab onto what other people have experienced and just rob their strategies so you yes. can be working smarter. So let me, let me back up. So yeah. I decided not to go to college, uh, work with my dad in his collision shop, and within a couple years, uh, not even a year, he made me a 25% partner in his collision shop because I was bringing in business and I was hustling. And him and I banged heads because he was brute force. Like he could make shit happen through brute force. And I saw a better way to market and create systems. And I don't know why, I'd love to say I'm brilliant. I don't have a high IQ. I just yeah. saw it wasn't working for him. So. It's like you hit your hand with a hammer and it hurts. Stop hitting your hand with the hammer. Like, yeah, right. like, and it'll stop hurting. Right. Isn't so, it amazing how many people don't? They just no. keep doing it. Or go fast or hit yes. it, hit or it faster. Hit it quicker. Maybe it won't hurt as much. <laughs> Great, right? point. Great so, point. So I just saw that. So then, mm. uh, so I'll tell you the first, the first time in my life I felt like, shit, maybe my uncle was right. Yeah. Maybe society is right. It was a young age. So like two years out of, out of, uh, out of high school, I'm a partner in my daddy. He named it Paul and Dean Autobody. So he put my name on the sign. I'm like, at least I got something. All yeah. my buddies went off to college. Yeah. At least I got this. So my dad goes through his third divorce and it really hit him hard. He, he, mm. My dad was the youngest at 12, was physically and emotionally abused. So mm. he, he's fought a lot of stuff. Mm. So he goes through his third divorce and he freaks out. And He goes so low that he checks him in checks, checks himself in someplace to try to get his head straight my and gosh. they wouldn't let him out. Mm, my so he, I go see him and he said, Dean, uh, and I, I haven't shared this much, but he said, Dean, I, go get a job someplace there was only one factory in our pl- in our little town he said go get a job there you're screwed I screwed you he oh, said I'm goodness. not paying my mortgage on my house I'm not paying the collision shop they can all go screw themselves screw the like he was in that wow. you know he was in a different space a little bipolar so he was mm-hmm. in that paranoid space plus this
1: is your father and right. your business partner wow. father
0: and business partner so um, he says go get a job you don't have a college education I don't have money all I got is debt so good luck and he wasn't wow. trying to be mean to me. He just didn't know else how to... Fa- he didn't know he, he was going to He did have the tools. He wanted to get out yeah. so he could kill himself if you wanted to know the truth. Oh, my God. So they wouldn't let him out. So long I mean, story really, short... Really, really, that, that's true why i story. Want to wow. Yeah. So... Um, So what I did was, but that was, that was my gift. And and that's the part I want to talk about when you're in it. I I love when people say, Hey man, when you're going through hell, that's your gift. You're going to learn from it. But when you're going through it, you can't like, Oh great. This is wonderful. I'm going to throw out of my house. I'm not in business anymore. My dad wants to kill himself and I don't know where Uh I'm going to sleep tomorrow night. Uh I'm like, Oh wow. This is building character. (laughs) Like I didn't want that. But when I look back, that was, that was our buddy, Tony Robbins always says life happens for us. That was life happening for us. Mm -hmm. Right. That was me paying success. Success tax at a really young age, Mm. you know? So uh, I rented his house. First, I I rented his house to someone so he didn't lose his house. And then I moved all of his, all the collision stuff out of his collision shop and I put it in this little barn Mm. and I literally, no shit, I still have a picture of the barn. I worked in that barn. I was fixing one car at a time just to pay the bills. Mm. And it taught me how to be creative. I went back to the woman. I'll make the story Mm. short. I just want to show you how it doesn't matter where you are. There's another level when the tenacity and you have the ability to to you know, overcome the obstacles in front of you. I went back to the woman who my dad was renting the collision shop for, mm. Had she was an Italian lady. I had dinner mm. with her about three Sundays in a row. The fourth Sunday, I asked her if she'd sell me the collision shop my dad lost, and she sold it to me with no money down and a hug. I swear to God in my life. Oh, like my there's God. little angels in your life. Wow. Like I say it now, I could get emotional. Yeah. Mary Lopresti, she's not alive anymore. God but bless she her. sold it. she sold me the building with no money down, and she didn't like my dad. She didn't, mm. they fought all the time. And she said, I've always seen something in you. And she goes, I love you. I know this is weird. And I'm like, oh my, it was like an adopted, wow. gra- I got goosebumps. You do. And, and uh, <laughs> she gave me the building with no money down. I moved in. I started Dean collision shop oh, hey. and, uh, and within two years we were thriving. I got enterprise rent a car account. I bought two tow trucks. And then two years later, I asked my dad to come back and be my 25% partner. My gosh, And that was, the start of, that was the start of that. And then I got into real estate. I mean, I was doing real estate before then, but I started really building momentum in my mid-20s. By by 28, I was what you would consider a millionaire. Wow. Um, well, retired did, my parents in my 20s.
1: You ended up retiring that that dad of yours that was going yeah. through all that, you retire him. I still cut that.
0: him a check every day, every week. I still cut him a check to this, every, day, to this day. Buy him a new car Brother, every two that's years. That's beautiful. Cut him a check every week. Yeah. and uh, yeah so that was that was and and I've had multiple of those stories along the way like mm. I, I got into real estate and then the real estate market changed and I shifted and had a figure thing I got in the infomercial business I had no freaking clue what I was doing I was I was literally in my collision shop I had 30 apartments I was I was uh, I bought a big plot of land I was I was building homes about 10 homes being built this is my late 20s 10 homes in, in development 30 apartments collision shop auto sales and I'm i am writing a course on how to do an infomercial because i watched tony on camera and, <laughs> and a freaking guy inspired me i bought his course my gosh. and literally i this is the one thing uh, I, I don't even know if i've shared this but i gave tony money he sent me a course i didn't know him of course yep. and it changed my life yes and i said wow i cut a check to go faster i want to be in this business
1: hmm. Hmm. and i
0: knew my story was good so I started creating a course and I filmed my first infomercial in the front yard of my house when I was 29, 1998. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I had Not no this. idea what I was doing. I was fucking clueless. <laughs> in fact, the camera guys, like you got a great yeah. crew here. They yeah. showed up and I, I used every dollar I had in credit cards. They came with a big, I don't know if you guys remember, yeah. they had the big uh, dollies. It used to come on tracks. Yeah. It looked like a train. It came out of the back of a truck. Yeah. It was like five guys wheeling it down. Yeah. I set up this whole thing. They turn on a camera like this. I'm like, I could talk about this. I, yeah. And the camera went on. I went freaking straight cotton mouth. Like, I couldn't really? I couldn't even take the tongue, my tongue off the roof of my mouth. Right, I my couldn't guys. talk. And I, I, went in the, I went in my house. I did a shot of tequila. No shit. I, I went did it
1: for a lot of shows. I, we didn't do that today, but I usually do. Yeah, I did yeah. a shot of tequila. Yeah.
0: And then I did a second shot of tequila. I went out and felt buzzed with cotton mouth. <laughs> 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 I could not do it. But I literally couldn't get through it. So they came back the next day. <laughs> and I shot my first show. And, uh... I started running my infomercial business out of my collision shop. No shit. Golly, man, yeah. that's insane.
1: Yeah. So you, so I want to, I want to pick apart yeah, a couple yeah. so things sorry, here. W- okay. yeah. No, yeah, please, yeah. this is so awesome. So, I want to go part through a couple things. Like one yeah. thing that you, that he hasn't told you about the infomercial thing because I was reading on you, because he's a real eye shucks it dude. You can see it, right? Like, mm-hmm. shucks. But like, this is a thoroughbred freaking freaky stud right here, right? <laughs> and that's one of the things I'm gonna ask you in a minute, but. But so you, you heard all the, the things he was doing, but like I started this podcast because somebody told me that I should. Right. I literally Googled Tim Ferriss had a kit online you could buy, <laughs> that's right? Awesome. I'm like, that's idea. And I, it's on YouTube. I buy the kit on Amazon. I got the microphones and I just talked into it for my first <laughs> podcast, like about I 19 months ago, right? I but this is where we're similar. And then I'm done and I go, so how do I get it out of that machine <laughs> onto the computer <laughs> And then how does it get from the computer, like, into the world? <laughs> I had no idea. Dude, I,
0: yeah, I like, get it. So,
1: so, like, everyone thinks you have to have every single step figured out. Yeah, that's a great lesson. A, and you on point. your infomercial, there's kind of something similar. didn't you shoot it and had no idea what to do with it okay, after you shot so it? Okay,
0: it's so great. I'm glad great. you did your research because yeah, you're yeah, reminding me yeah. stuff I haven't talked about in yeah. years. Yeah. So I, I finally get through. I film this infomercial. It's done. And literally, I'm just going to – everybody says you have to figure it out. I love what you just yeah. said. Yeah. I literally hired an editor. That had another job that could do it at night, it's the only one I could afford. So I'm at his apartment <laughs> awesome. and we're editing this at night, and I have Tony Robbins infomercial here, and I'd play three minutes and go, oh, let's edit this part to look like that. <laughs> and that's how I that's how I edited that's my first awesome. show. So now I get totally done and I'm like, so now what do I do with it? Just I swear <laughs> to God, I'm like, how do I how do I get it out of the machine and, and how do people see it? I was literally going through the yellow pages trying to find like calling stations and like no there's media buyers who buy on a big scale and all this I just started digging and and I found uh I don't know if you remember Don LaPree of course so Don LaPree little tiny ads ads, Don LaPree had gone out of business okay that's why I live in Phoenix he went out of business and he laid off 300 people so I just through calling calling I found his media buyer was Sandy Daly I jumped on a plane I flew down she just lost her job she was working for Don she had nothing to do. I said, hey, I got an infomercial that I think is gonna convert. I have no idea what to do. And that was my gateway. She got me the God media. Me. She hooked me up with customer, like, Cause all these people, that's why I moved to Phoenix. Oh my I gosh. hired 20 ex-Don people that were in that space. You are kidding now, you know He handled things his way mine, but they still knew that space. And uh, then, for two years straight, I commuted in New York. I'd fix, I had my car business, collision business, flipping houses and apartments. I'd take those profits, jump on a plane every other week, and fly back to Phoenix and blow all those profits trying to get my infomercial business. Crazy, man. There was a time where I was burning now it doesn't seem like up, but I was burning 10 grand a week. It's a ton of yeah. And ton. I was flipping houses like a madman wow. to cover the losses, and everybody's like, you know, this is when, you know, yep. everybody, my sister drove up from Virginia to sit me down and say, the intervention. You went too far. Right. Yeah, right. Yep. It was like, Stop the crack. <laughs> yeah. It's time but to can stop I say the crack. All
1: you entrepreneurs will probably have that intervention with yeah, somebody. Just absolutely. see it coming before it gets there. Yeah. Right. And
0: she told me, she's like, she basically told me with love yeah. that. You reached your plateau. It's yeah. amazing you got to make the money you made, yeah. but now you've stepped into something that's too yeah, big for you. It's
1: way too big. Isn't it interesting that people project their own limitations onto you once they see you? So, and by the way, a lot of the times it comes from love. They love you. came from love. They don't the, want to see the, that. to protect They wanted to protect you. I think everyone should take a lesson here in that, you know, one of the top podcasts in the world arguably right now started with a guy not that long ago, me. Who did not know how to get it out of the machine onto the computer, <laughs> yeah, exactly. out of the computer into it's the world? Great,
0: that's a great question. And, and then
1: you're talking about a man who's hundreds of millions of dollars in sales through an infomercial. He had no idea how to shoot, edit, cotton mouthed it, it tequila it. Once he <laughs> got it, didn't know how to get it anywhere. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable, right? Let me ask you a couple things about you, though. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I have watched you. I bet you've not been asked this before. Okay. And I think this goes all the way back to the lady who sold you the collision shop with nothing down. I think people have different ways of being persuasive. Yep. And I have found myself over the years of watching you on television and then meeting you. You have what I would consider to be a high likability factor. And I find myself, even when I would watch you and I didn't know you, and I, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, or if you've been told this before, or you're conscious of it because I think some great salespeople have this. I kind of root for you. I find myself like rooting for you um, even though you're already so successful. Are you conscious like of, do you think it's just your spirit when you communicate with people or do, are you are you conscious of projecting a certain version of you when you talk to people?
0: No, I don't think I'm conscious of it. Okay. I'm not. But what I have learned through the years, we all got in business for different reasons. Yeah, I, I wanted to be successful because I hated not being in control of my life as a kid. Mm-hmm. My, my parents were married nine times between the two of them. I moved 20 times. Nine times. Nine times. So, never stability. You know, mm. getting a new house, you got to leave, go here, leave, move mm. in with grandma. So, I think I, I hated the insecurity of my childhood, but it was my driving force. So, thank you, God, the universe, yep. whatever you believe in, thank yep. you for that. Because yep. it pushed me to go, hey, I don't want, I don't know about you. I, I, yep. You and I hit it off in the first three yep. minutes we right. were talking, but. I'm not a control freak, but I don't want anybody to ever tell me how to live,
1: how to dress, what to wear. If I want
0: to wear orange sneakers today, I want to wear orange sneakers. I live where I want. I raise my kids the way I want. I don't get into peer pressure. I don't hang out with the Joneses or try to impress the Joneses. Mm. I just want to live my life. Mm. But I know that happened at a really young age. Mm. So backing up with your question is, that drove me. Hmm. So sometimes you need pain to drive you. Yes. And then you start being successful. Then you can go to aspirational. Now I want to be a better dad, be yeah. a better man, be a better human. But if you need pain to drive you, let it drive you. Great so point. That's, so totally that's, agree. So that's the first part. Let the pain, and, and the thing is, don't ignore the pain. Let yes. it seep into where yeah. it really disturbs you. Action comes from being disturbed. You don't move until you're uncomfortable. You don't put the air conditioner on until you're hot. Yeah. You don't go to the next level until you feel the pain. So feel it. So anyway, I felt that. And when I first started, all I wanted to do was get out of that. Mm -hmm. I wanted to sell a lot of cars, fix a lot of houses. And when I got in the infomercial business, I wanted to help people, but I really wanted to create a business that made me money. I mean, I'd love to say I'm Mother Teresa. I'm not. I wanted to be wealthy so I could retire my parents and nobody tell me what the Fuck to do, for lack of a better way. Can word. I stay in with you? Yeah. In
1: I think one of the things that that uh, people have a misnomer about is they see these very successful entrepreneurs. I think we had these grand visions of changing the world in the very beginning. Hell no. Most of us wanted to move away from something, We're and from we thing. wanted to make money. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: And then, but then I got addicted to the business, just like I know yes. you are, dude. Yes. I see it in yep. your heart. I mean, yep. I've been I've been obsessing on your videos lately. Thank you. I've been watching them for a while, but obsessing on them lately is I know the difference when someone's heart driven. Not, I'm not talking about spiritual and your chakras yep. are aligned. You can, yep. I, I'm not, and I'm not making fun of that. Right. I'm just talking about. I'm addicted to helping people change me too. their
1: lives. Me too. Yeah.
0: And I love to get paid really well for it, but yeah. I'm addicted to it. Yeah, right? I know
1: you are. So, and maybe that's just the goodness that I see that comes out. Yeah. So out. let me back up. Yeah. But
0: what I do know is I'm not consciously aware of it. But what I know through the years is I've allowed myself to be more transparent. And say it like it is than anyone, than most people I see. Mm. And when I even go back and watch old videos, I go, "Wow, that's to me." I'll be like, "That was a tiny bit pretentious, man. Just let that shit go." God, and then I'd find stuff that I used to be embarrassed of. Like, I went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like embarrassing for me at one point that, like, I'm the success guy. Mm-hmm. But it was never right in the beginning. And now we're dear friends, and mm-hmm. and we're, our kids are amazing and they're thriving. But. Instead of me hiding from that man, the more I leaned into why it happened Mm. It can help other people and the more it healed me. Mm. So I think what you're probably feeling uh, Which I appreciate you saying that and no one's ever said that ever Mm. but is I'm trying to be the most authentic version of myself that exists. Yeah, like I don't ever want somebody and you know this too Mm. how many times because you've had amazing guests Mm. dude, I I, the, the lineup you've had is incredible but every once in a while it's not so good to meet your heroes, and so I don't mean true. like you meet them. Exactly and not mean. that they're your hero and you idolize them, yeah. but you're like, man, that guy's a badass, or that woman, yeah. she's incredible. And then you're in the kitchen with him for ten minutes, like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't ever want that. I want someone to Me say, too. I saw Dean on video, and then I met him, and then I saw him in a tight situation, and I saw him with his kids—all the same guy.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I think
0: that's where life, like that's—I I just want to be the same guy in all areas, and I think. Even though I'm working on myself, yeah. it
1: comes through on video and my sales up. I think you're right. I think you're like, having met you, it's your congruency. You are who you appear to be and more. And I I, I think that just moves people. I just think people feel energy. You can't transfer to somebody that which you aren't experiencing. Your energy levels yeah. bananas, obviously. Let me ask you a couple entrepreneur questions. Yeah, we'll love ju- it. jump back into the story a little bit. By the way, one of the things that I do want to have everybody know is that he's written five books. But Millionaire Success Habits is a great book. Yeah. And like when I was reading it, my highlighter was on fire, right? <laughs> and we're going to awesome. talk about some of those habits in the book. But I don't, I don't like just plugging things at the end. Millionaire Success Habits is a book he's written. You will get tremendous value out of it. Get it. And we'll talk about that towards the end too. But I want to make sure you all know that because we won't be able to cover 95% of what's in that book. And I want you to have it because he wrote that to help you, Based, you know, just to be consistent with what he just told you. I want to ask you an entrepreneur question. Though. Yeah. Earlier, you described... Collision shop, real estate, infomercial—you had these different things going on. Would you recommend that to an entrepreneur who's listening to this now, or do you believe they should be immersed in one area? Would you, or, or do you think it doesn't matter?
0: No, I think I think I think we live in a shallow world. I think I think shallow meaning, we're, especially a new generation who grew up going through a stream, right? So, yeah. what used to be hours went to minutes, and now it's seconds, right? If something mm-hmm. doesn't catch you in a second, and I feel like a lot of people want that next level which is great. Everybody Mm -hmm. should, but we dabble in each one and we don't see enough spark, excitement or light. So we back out and go to the next one. It's like, it's like they're looking for the magic money machine and they're in one car and they're like, this car might work. Oh, that car looks good. then we jump out in the next one and we jump out in the Mm -hmm. next one. So I would say, even though, you know, I'm 50 this year, so I've had like different lives. I went deep on all them. My collision Mm -hmm. shop was the best in town. That's why I landed, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, Enterprise and Hertz rental car. Mm. And, and so I'm going to give it, you mind if I give three lessons?
1: Give it, please. Maybe
0: two or three. I just said three, but yeah. it's two or three I'm thinking in my head. Yeah. One is no matter what you're doing, even if you hate it, realize it's temporary and be amazing at it. Mm. I, I, I sat down Good. with um, John Paul DiGiorgio who started Tequila, uh, yeah. Patron yeah. and, and uh, Sassoon. And he said he hated... Oh, his name's
1: come to me a couple times this week. Go yeah, ahead, he
0: said sure. he hated, uh, he hated when he had a janitorial job when he was a kid. But he said, man, it was my job. I cleaned every, I used to, the, the boss came to him and said, man, I lifted up the desk, you cleaned under the desk. He's like, the guy thought I loved the job. I hated it, I just did it the best. And I realized one of my biggest, my first big real, my first real estate deal did over a million bucks. True story, I was fixing a guy's car and I'm in the collision shop, I'm gonna be completely transparent, I hated the collision shop. Mm. I ended up being the only painter because I got good at it, so every night when everybody left, I'd paint for three hours, the ventilation wasn't good, I'd have headaches. I hated every inch Mm. of it, but you'd never know. If you came in, you'd be like, that guy loves being in the collision shop. Mm-hmm. I knew it was temporary. Mm-hmm. Because don't think I'm just gonna schlub through this job and then my my magic will come. You'll be screwed, you'll stay there because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So, I, so I'm literally in the collision shop, I have this guy, he comes down, he's like, my God, my car looks great, thank you so much. We get talking, Come kind of friends really quick. Yep. And he says, what are you up to? I'm like, well, I'm doing this, but I'm working on my day job, my night job is real estate. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna take real estate to a whole another level. He's like, "What do you got going on?" At that time, I was working on a deal for $180,000 to buy an old vineyard, okay. and I didn't have the money. I scraped up every credit card I had. I came up with like 45 grand. The seller agreed to sell it to me for half down and half in two years. I needed 45 grand. I tell this guy the story. I said, "But I'm gonna get it." He goes, "Yeah, you're gonna get it because I'm going home to get it for you." Oh my gosh! Now, what if I was like, oh, "I hate closing." Yeah, here's your keys. Yeah. Uh, I made a million dollars on that deal. The first one ever documented. I I sold that property. I killed it on that property, killed it. All the neighbors, all the neighbors didn't want me to build on the property. And I was fighting them, and then I realized, wow, what if I sell it to them? So I sold them all a piece around, <laughs> and I crushed it. <laughs> I killed it. Story. So that's the first thing. Yep. So no matter what you're doing, find a way to be enthusiastic, knowing that maybe the universe, God, whatever mm. you believe, is putting you through your trial run mm. to, to deserve that. And then the next thing, I love this phrase I've been saying for about six months: success tax.
1: Yeah, I heard like, you say it earlier. You know what yeah. I love
0: about that? Somebody told to me. I didn't make it up, but I found my own version of it. Mm. It's like we all want to make more money. We all want to feel significance, Mm -hmm. abundance, freedom, but most people aren't willing to pay it. So a great analogy I've been using Mm -hmm. is, if you're in a band and you play the guitar and you write songs, it would be amazing to be at Madison Square Garden, 50,000 people singing your song, you're out in the front of the stage, I mean, could anything be more euphoric, right? right? But everybody would want that, but who's willing to play the guitar when no one's watching till your hands hurt? Who's willing to pack up an old shitty van that barely runs and drive to dive bar after dive bar playing where people are booing you? Most people aren't willing to put in the success tax to pay. And I said, I said, what if you just visualized, whether you believe in God, whatever you believe in, that there's an auditor, a success auditor. And you go, okay, Ed, Ed started with shit, lives in a ghetto. Okay, but he's still positive every day. Wow, he's still respectful. Wow, he tried that first business and his first partner screwed him over, took all the money and left. Wow, he still got up the next day, still inspiring other people, still not a jerk. Check. Check. Mm. What if you got to check off 10 boxes before you get to the other side? Because once you get to the other side, it opens up like Ed's amazing backyard. There's Mm. not many people playing at that level. Mm. Like everybody thinks it's so competitive up here. It's not. Mm. Because you guys are all fighting over crumbs, and I don't mean that disrespectfully. Mm. But all I'm saying is when you said, Mm. like, put in the success tax and know you're going to fail, know it's going to go sideways, but it's worth it. And and those two things combined, love what you do and put in the success tax. And then all of a sudden, because I've I've been framing it uh, uh, more than ever, the success that when shit goes sideways, I'm like, man, I just checked another box. I just checked another box. And all of a sudden, I found a way to be enthusiastic.
1: That is a couple of my favorite things I've ever heard, honestly.
0: I hope you enjoyed seeing behind the curtain of one of our inner circle trainings where each month we teach next level mindset marketing, and momentum. The three M's that I believe are the difference between wanting more and actually achieving more. If you'd like to be a part of our inner circle, we created a really special opportunity in these unprecedented times. Well, they're unprecedented times, so we created an unprecedented opportunity. And right now, you can go to deansnextlevel.com. That's deansnextlevel.com. Watch a quick video and see how you could be part of the inner circle for less than about a movie and Dinner a month and gain those next level capabilities to thrive in these uncertain times. If you liked this podcast, make sure you rate it and also make sure to click subscribe so you never miss out. Remember, all success starts here.